Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. If storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now, it's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay-per-view, it feels big, it feels important, but... Ultimately, it's exciting. The biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like... <laughs> the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast is on the air for this Thursday, 81717, number 168 if you keep this part on. It's finally Thursday. The weekend's here. It is NXT TakeOver weekend because I refuse to acknowledge SummerSlam as a thing. I'm Jamal. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Giant Crab. Uh, Dr. M, down in Georgia. How you doing, sir? Doing well, much like you. I am uh, very excited for NXT TakeOver and I guess that other event, sort of. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Uh, Caitlin, up in the Great White North, how are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? I'm so excited for Southpaw Regional Wrestling, Season 2, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Sorry, TakeOver. Sorry, SummerSlam. <laughs> yeah, My big event is tomorrow the, uh, morning. That's in the news, uh, you know, today. So that, I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but uh, since you mentioned oh, it, watch the trailer. Bunch of it's, it's hilarious. Yes. And yes. last but not okay. least, uh, the villain, Blackjack Mulligan. Uh, how you doing, <laughs> over <there>, sir? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm getting my sleeping bag prepared. Um, basically, either watch SummerSlam or camp out at Hall H for Comic Con. About the same time for both. So either or. Yeah, both are overnight scenario, as the song goes. So. We are here, a yeah. huge DC reference right there. Huge. See, you can't spoil it for people. If they, <laughs> the people that know are laughing, and the ones that don't have already missed it. But locally this weekend here in the DC area, uh, Nova Pro Wrestling presents Cool for the Summer, and the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast is us, and we are the official pre-show host starting tomorrow night at 6, uh, 6.30 p.m. Uh, doors open at 7.30, the show starts at 8, but you want to get there early because stuff always happens before the uh, bell time. It's uh, the Annandale Volunteer Fire Department, 7128 Columbia Pike, Annandale, Virginia, uh, 22003. Basically, it's in the heart of Koreatown. Uh, so get, go to the Honey Pig, get yourself some Deku uh, and enjoy some wrestling. It's going to be a good time. And uh, guests this week, if you haven't listened to the show back on Wednesday... On Tuesday, uh, we had Keith Lee on the show, and he's in the main event versus Angelus Lane. You know, I'm going to go on a limb and say, uh, based on the events of last month, she is a flamethrowing witch. So who knows <laughs> what fire she'll con- she literally threw fire at a man um, after tarnishing the reputation of his family. Um, so we try to get Mike on the show uh, per our usual Wednesday before uh, the Nova Pro show. Um, and considering that he looks more like the man of the iron mask right now, it's probably best that he didn't come out of the cave. So, um, get well, Mike. We hope to see you tomorrow. Um, don't wait for the burns to uh, scab over. Have all the aloe you need. We're rooting for you. With that said, uh, one of the last things he tweeted before he went into the ICU was, Keith Lee versus Angelus Lane. And if you haven't seen Keith Lee, then you're missing something in your life right now. And Angelus Lane literally threw fire to man after calling him a bad father. So that's your main event for Cool for the Summer. And it's going to be very interesting. Tickets are on sale now at uh, noaproprowrestling.tumblr.com. 25 bucks for front row, but I believe those are sold out. 20 bucks yeah. general admission. You do not want to wait to get those tickets. Keep it them is, it is roughly about maybe 40, 40 tickets left, so you don't want to miss out. Yeah, uh, so yeah, you don't want to be that guy listening on the outside trying to get in. Don't be that guy. Get your tickets right now. But we'll cover that a little bit later. Uh, we'll move on right now to, you know, some, some interesting things outside of the uh, local indie scene. And, and it is NXT TakeOver Weekend. Now, we're not going to go over every single match and give our predictions. I mean, if you want to hear that, uh, everybody else's podcast is, is doing it for the next 17 hours until the show starts. <laughs> uh, but one thing I want to say is um, there's been speculation and, and that um, Aleister Black, is going to have his coming out party, uh, that his entrance is going to be a bit over the top, um, something special to look forward to. Uh, I guess in summation, what is the biggest thing that you're looking forward to from NXT TakeOver uh, Brooklyn 3? So, uh, two chains, take it away. Well, 
Um, no. that's a that's interesting. I, I do always like it. Like, um, with Takeover, it does. First of all, Takeover Brooklyn is their their WrestleMania. We I think we all can agree with that, and I think I've seen even articles kind of alluding to that as well too. But um, I've really like Takeover because you do get the entertainment side before they come to the ring, and then you get a straight out clinic and wrestling inside the ring. So I'm um, hearing about the Alistair Black thing is really interesting. I was just thinking, I was like, I wonder who's going to get the special interest. We got Bobby Roode before uh, plenty of times, actually, and um, Nakamura's yeah. obviously not there anymore. But um, my favorite is always, it's always the guest appearance. It's always the people who is sitting ringside, you know, who does their yeah. quick photo op. And with the rumors swirling around, I mean, we could talk about the people who have maybe officially signed, sort of say the people who stopped taking um, indie dates, and not to mention because this is uh, their last. Well, I'm I, I'm not really sure if this if this is their last um, takeover because SummerSlam's been extended for two more years, so that would mean that Brook uh, takeover would come back. But they're they're kind of still saying that this is this is their last year, but um, alumni are coming back and everything. So you know. How do you make the biggest wow this weekend when you got the alumni who can, I mean, Sasha Banks and Bailey coming back is already star-studded enough, but who is the big name that's going to sit ringside that's going to break the internet? Koto Ibushi did it. Um, who else? Um, um, I'm about to say Alistair Black again. Um, obviously, who um, Drew, Drew Galloway or McIntyre did it, which was a big one. So it's just who's going to be that big person? That's what I'm looking forward to. Well, well, Caitlin, let me ask you this, a different question. Um, SummerSlam, according to WWE.com, is rumored to return to Brooklyn uh, this time next year. So there could possibly be a takeover four in Brooklyn. Does that news uh, kind of lessen the impact of this uh, current show? Uh, Not really, just because if it's the fourth one, they've been doing this for so many years. If anything, I was pretty interested reading uh, I think it was Meltzer or somebody reported that ticket sales are really down this weekend, which, Crab, I'm sure you're not surprised by because you're so excited for all the events of this weekend. Um, I think, if I remember right, SummerSlam is doing pretty well, but, like, Raw is not selling well. I don't think TakeOver is selling that well. So it's just this idea that maybe the market is getting a little stagnant or just oversaturated because it's, it's four shows right now, right? Brooklyn is going to be TakeOver, then SummerSlam, then Raw, then SmackDown, and it's like... You know, even if you're buying the cheap seats, that's four straight nights. And SummerSlam is, what, like 25 hours of wrestling? So it's just, you know, clearly they have a lot of faith that the Brooklyn crowd is still going to come out in 2018 for all of this. But at the same time, you know, it's just like, how much is too much? It really just, I think it depends on the card and how good everyone's going to be and, you know, how exciting it is. And this year, I I don't know if it's really there, but I guess we'll see what the landscape is next year for... 2018 SummerSlam and takeover. Right. Uh, I was, I went to the Progress and Evolve show in Queens, New York last weekend. So I actually uh, had a chance to stop at Barclays Center. Uh, it's always cheaper to buy tickets at the building. So while I was on my way uh, from buying this hat and the shirt, I decided to uh, stop at Barclays Center. It wasn't exactly an overwhelming crush of people in line to get tickets. Um, they still had a number of tickets left. The uh, arena it's actually a lot smaller for NXT TakeOver than for SummerSlam. If I had to guess, looking at the seating chart that I saw, I would say that it's about eight to 9,000 for TakeOver and twelve to 13,000 for SummerSlam. They did it for Chicago, and then Backlash was bigger. And so that, that's not surprising at all. Uh, Dr. M, I, I got to ask you this then. Is WWE uh, suffering from too much of a good thing? It's four straight days of, of, of shows, which can be cost prohibitive, especially if you're trying to bring a family. Um, is, is this something that they need to do for their big shows, have them in one city for four straight nights? Uh, I think you're right. I think uh, in many ways, WWE is suffering from too much of a good thing. Like the days where we had a takeover, and I mean, I guess we're still kind of doing this, right? Where we had maybe, what, three, four takeovers a year? Mm-hmm. And we started to up that in the last couple of years, and and I, I think that actually has hurt NXT a little bit, because as much as I'm excited for NXT takeover this Saturday, 
because we're going to get, I think, five very solid matches, um, all of them the potential to be wrestling <laughs> clinics, except for the tag team match. That's just going to be a, a cluster, right? But there's not really a spark uh, about TakeOver this weekend. Um, there's nothing that is sort of magnetic about the show. I mean, we know the show is going to be good, so people are going to tune in, but there's not that excitement factor that has been in past takeovers. And I think it's because there's been too many. Uh, the same is happening with WWE. SummerSlam used to be exciting, right? Yeah, you can call it the biggest party of the summer, but we've already had about eight parties in terms of pay-per-views this summer, <laughs> right? And so, I mean, it's been lessened a little bit. So WWE is always going to have a oversaturation problem, uh, especially now that we are constantly hiring people to the roster. Um, and despite that, we only see a handful of those people on TV every week. Something definitely has to change in that regard. So I guess uh, I'll open this up to all of you. Uh, we have TakeOver this weekend coming up. And for better or worse, this is going to be the thing that gets them through to TakeOver Houston, which is the day before Survivor Series in November. Is um, the NXT really hasn't regained its footing and had it in an upward uh, direction since the draft? There's rumors of a superstar shakeup after SummerSlam, and that's been a thing that's been rumored for a while now. What does NXT have to do to survive this next wave of moving and shaking? Um, and if they can, great, and they, they will no matter what. But what does that do for the roster and the uh, the special uh, qualities of the show? Because honestly, I'm excited about TakeOver, but is it something that I need to be? Well, last year, yes. This year, maybe. You, you know, for a while, when we, we, when we kind of talk about um, the rumor of another shakeup, I was kind of like, eh, well, you know, let's not do that again. But now that I think about it, it's absolutely a great idea um, because we've, we've already said that there needs to be people that come down. There needs to be people that come up. If it's not from age or experience or just a lack of momentum, all of it needs to happen. And if you think about this now, um, Cassius Uno, somebody obviously needs to come to the main roster. Um, Drew McIntyre obviously was a main roster person left and he's on NXT and he's having a great career. So you, you know, you, you kind of see how it can benefit somebody, but, um, NXT will survive because with the shakeup and people who were on the main roster and vice versa, people who were, who are in NXT, um, the interest is going to be so scattered that it will gauge the fan to say, Hey, this person's down on NXT, you know, if you're a Dolph Ziggler fan of somebody of that sort who doesn't have anything going on, like what is he doing? How dominant will he be down there since he wasn't so dominant on the main roster as of recently, but he, we know he could be a main eventer. So, I mean, I think with any type of interest or, you know, like I like to allude to an invasion sort of thing when people are crossing over to different promotions, um, I think it's going to work. But beyond all of that, with the abundance of women talent that's coming from the Mae Young Classic, the interest is definitely going to be there. So, um, you know, if they go straight to NST, which um, probably most people are speculating, which is going to happen, you're going to wonder. You're going to you're going to have the same type of interest, uh, such as the people who, uh, as such as the same way the C the CWC happens. So, um, NST will survive. They're in good hands. or not under Vince Tulich. So, um, I'm sure Triple H is going to be able to handle this correctly, and um, it, it, they'll be fine. So then I, I guess, uh, you know, for NXT and the rumored superstar shakeup, I personally, I think obviously it should happen. I've been saying this for a long time, should be treated as a legitimate third brand and not just developmental. I would like to see them do their own touring and their own scheduling. And if you're, uh, if you're in the Northeast, um, they're going to be coming to uh, the Great Lakes, um, Buffalo, St. Catharines, Toronto. And then they're going to be doing... Uh, Lowell Mass, Amherst Mass, and Kingston, Rhode Island, so like Boston Providence area. So we, I want to see more of that. I want to see them getting out there and doing more things, seeing the country, but it doesn't really matter if everybody just goes over to uh, the main roster next. But yep. speaking I of TakeOver, Nick, Caitlin, go ahead. 
Oh, sorry, I didn't know if it, I you could hear me at all. But yeah, no, I just was going to point out that, and I know we've had this discussion before that maybe when they do a like a kind of superstar shakeup ish thing for NXT, it's maybe worthwhile looking to kind of you know restructure it more from the developmental point of view, just because there's a lot of talk and a lot of rightful talk that NXT is kind of being treated more like, you know, where all the big stars go, like established names from, you know, TNA or ROH, where are all of the developmental people who are just still coming up and trying to learn? Like, they're not, they're not getting the TV time. They're getting pushed aside in favor of established stars. So maybe what needs to happen is, you move, like, obviously you move some of those stars back up to the main roster, and you give some extra time and space to the the talent that really kind of need it, you know? Like, it's not just it's not just the same people you've been watching on TNA and ROH for the last 10 years. It's something different. It's like new talent. Because that, that's what it was to begin with. It was something right. different. And now it's just sort of like, oh, yeah, these guys, we saw them wrestle 10 years ago. So they just got to resort it. Let me, let, me, uh, let me throw a question to Dr. M real quick on this, too. I mean, I've, I kind of elaborated on NXT, but... If if a if a if a shakeup is 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 going to happen, what does the main roster need to do or strategize to become relevant? And we know SmackDown has been good up until I you know pretty consistent since the shakeup, um or the draft. But what 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 does Raw and SmackDown both need to do in order to um you know get their viewers back up, sort of say, and re-engage the interest uh, for both nights? Uh, well, I'll start with, I should say for both, I think the WWE would benefit from actually having more sta uh, stables. I think one of the, the fun things about WWE, especially back in the Attitude Era and the years slightly after that, is that uh, stables were a big deal, right? And not just these little th sort of three-man stables like New Day or, you know, Miz and um, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, but like big stables, right, that wreaked havoc every week and you just waited for the moment when somebody would finally sort of get get the better of that stable. Uh, I mean, it creates so many possibilities in terms of storylines and easy drama. And I think that's what draws people in. And so that would be my first suggestion. Uh, I think, especially if you can have like one solid stable per show, I think honestly NXT would benefit from the same thing, right? We have all these guys coming in from the indies, from ROH, TNA, have some sort of stable. Like I, I think that would be something great for people like Roderick Strong, um, Kyle O'Reilly, uh, Bobby Fish, instead of us seeing them on WWE Network once every four weeks. right? Put them in a stable, give them an actual story. So I'd start there. Uh, with SmackDown, I think there needs to be a lot less talking. Uh, I feel like uh, SmackDown, I mean, when they, when they put on solid wrestling matches, they, they really go all out. But there are so many promos uh, every week. Uh, the the, the Breezango thing was funny like the first two times, and now, honestly, it's annoying, right? That time could be much better used, I think, for in-ring work. Uh, in terms of Raw, I actually, over the last couple of weeks, have started enjoying Raw more and more. Uh, and I can't quite put my finger on why, but something has been clicking the last couple weeks. It's Braun, Str it's Braun Strowman. He's clicking. I think, Braun yeah, Strowman. I think you're right. I think Braun has been a big part of that. Uh, I think the main eventers on Raw have been stepping it up. And it hasn't felt like a drag the last couple weeks like it has over the last few months. Um, so I don't know what has shifted in the booking, but somebody is, is doing something right, I think, and at least is developing some momentum. So I don't really have much criticism of Raw right now, but certainly stables and less talking, I think, would be a start. Uh, I, I, I agree with the whole stable thing, and I think that they missed the boat a couple times. Um, the Wyatt family should have 40 dudes in it. And the Usos Penitentiary, we saw what that looked like uh, during the rap battle. And I don't know if that's a thing, if that's been the thing going forward, but that should be a thing all the time. So, like, you don't know where they're going to come from. You, said, you don't know where they're going to be. When you mm -hmm. said that idea, dude, I was so behind you on that. I was like, man, it gives it everything about it, it gives you the substance and the hype that it deserves. Right. And, you know, so I, I think that other, like, sanity could be other people that, you know, it's not necessarily when a person joins a group. It's not that they have to look apart or, or be a part or whatever, but they seem to be forced. 
putting you know, square pegs around holes, which is how we got Daniel Bryan and the Wyatt family for like five minutes until the entire internet went numb. So <laughs> I, I do think that stables can be uh, used appropriately. And I think it should be, considering that they have a lot of the uh, talent not really doing anything. But they don't really seem to want to go further than three or four or five guys. Um, one thing about NXT TakeOver Brooklyn that's arguably going to be the match of the weekend for WWE as far as uh, I'm concerned is Oscar Berg versus Ember Moon. Um <laughs> Can somebody else call this her Oscarberg one time, too? Because every time he said, I can't even look him straight in the eye. Like, it's too funny. <laughs> so, Oscar hasn't lost to anyone, ever. Uh, hell, she even left and went on vacation because there's nobody else for her to fight. Uh, and now we're getting the match that should have happened back in Chicago, Oscar versus Ember Moon. But if, if Oscar wins... She'll be the greatest woman uh, to ever step through ropes at NXT. Period. If she loses, Ember will be the one in 175 and one. Yeah. Who needs this win more, Oscar Burke or Ember Moon? Not Ember. <laughs> Hold on, Ken. I want to go before you really? because yeah, I have a feeling where you, go you may go with this. Yes, I, go I, I'm sticking to my guns with this, and Oscar needs to win, and she needs to vacate the title. And then Ember needs to, you know, whatever happens after that. Oscar needs to legitimately win. Um, because the vacation thing, like Jamal brings it up, and it's really a thing. Like she went on vacation, tweeted it, it was a big thing. And I think to play to that storyline, no matter if she really, you know, vacation just because or that's what they wanted to portray, it's a big thing. It's like, hey, nobody can beat me here. I'm about to go do what I do. So vacate the title, come to the main roster, insert her to the main roster, make her sort of dominant. Don't put her in a title picture right away. But also, this also gives a legitimate chance to insert somebody else who needs to be on the main roster coming from the May Young Classic. And I know there's history with her and two people, three people um, in, that, in that tournament who could automatically also be inserted into the main roster, which should bring, you know, some interest Um to the divisions because i will say honestly that the woman division definitely needs some new faces in there some new some, some maybe some new stories some new something because if it's not a role with Nia jack barely always winning and sasha somehow slips up to win barely obviously what is whatever she's doing unless the bliss is just cutting promos nowadays and not really wrestling and then on the smackdown division i mean all we can do is feel the glow for the, I guess they say in the next whole year. So, you know, insert some new faces, some, some new interests. And instead of it just being, which I totally think is fine in some cases of just only chasing the title. If there's not enough uh, TV time for everybody to chase the title, then you have people that's like, Hey, what is Emma doing? I haven't seen her in like two weeks. And she came out since she won a chance, but we're not seeing her and Carmela money in the bank winner. We don't even see her every week. So, um, win, vacate the title, put her on the main roster, and also insert somebody from the May Young Classic with some history. And yeah. That's a good plan. Um, I just was going to point out the fact that I don't think, I don't know, not probably not a hot take, but I don't, I don't think Ember's all that good from what I've seen. I have not seen her indie work, but I have just not been impressed with her at all. Like, you know, she's, she's got a flashy finisher that is, 90% of her opponents selling it to make it look like death, which I know is most finishers. But at the same time, it doesn't it doesn't look that great to me. I don't buy her as a credible threat. She's terrible on the mic. Like, she'll get better, but it's not now. And, you know, it, I just don't see her being the one in 175 or whatever the number you quoted was. So I, I don't think she can make it. Um, I think that if Asuka's going to have a credible threat, it's going to be somebody for the Mayhem Classic. I would have assumed it was going to be Karisane, but she's, I don't know if she's still injured or if she's going to be injured or what's going to happen, you know, after the conclusion of the Mayhem Classic. But I, I don't think that, I don't think Ember is going to be the one to do it. I think they have to have someone else who's going to come up through the tournament. Or, you know, good point, like maybe she could vacate it and say there's no more competition. But then, then you have the problem of Asuka on the main roster. And who's Asuka going to fight? Who is a credible threat to Asuka on the main roster? Charlotte, probably. That's it. Who else is a threat to Asuka right now? 
ever on SmackDown. Like nobody. So well, the question, it would just be a matter. Of, where does she go? We're all on SmackDown. Sorry. Well, that's the thing. I I think you have to put her. Ooh, that is a good question. Put her on SmackDown, to be honest, because it doesn't have enough strong. You know, it's Becky and Charlotte. Sorry, everybody else. It's Becky and Charlotte are the only two that are really that worthwhile on SmackDown, and. I just feel like they're going to have a whole influx of female talent coming in and they're going to have to really reshuffle their playing field in the next couple months. So it's really a matter of, you know, what are they going to do after this takeover? It's going to be a big thing for the women's division to see who actually wins. I don't, I don't want it to be Amber Moon. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. Hell, hell with that. Don't even put her on a roster. Let her clean up the jobbers on both rosters until she runs into a legitimate threat such as Charlotte or yeah. whoever it may yeah. be. Why not? Continue the storyline I mean, where no, there's no competition. That's 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 what I legitimately think they should do. I think what they do is uh, she comes out SummerSlam after either one or both of the title matches, and says, you know, and basically does the Kevin Owens thing for a little while. I mean, oh, I, I interesting. I don't see her losing. I think it's too late for her to lose. Um, I think yeah. if they start her off with a loss in the main roster. Maybe because nobody really knows who she is up there, so that kind of doesn't matter. Um, I mean, if we if, if Paige or Emma uh, are any indication of what their work is in NXT, it doesn't really matter once you get to the main roster. So, um, with, with giving her having her have the belt on SummerSlam, stepping toe to toe with Naomi or whoever wins or whoever wins um, either match, that's uh, that's something that could look good going down the road. Yeah, cool. So, right, right. So, let, let's move on, and let's move on a little bit to SummerSlam. It's one, one question. Right? One question. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure you know who was the last person to be Oscar. The last person to be Oscar? Yes. Like in America? Didn't she lose in Shimmer? Um. You said it before. Well, she's, she's lost. Um, I want to say a tag match. <laughs> but I, I don't think well, that was that was gotta be about two years ago. I, I would have to look it up, but I, I don't. I can't remember the last person that she uh, that she lost to. I, I, she hasn't lost in NXT, as far as I know. No, 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 nothing on nothing on WWE soil or US soil. Well, I mean, right. if it didn't happen to WWE, it doesn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> and no, and and you know, not like notably, it is incredibly believable because she looks like she could beat anybody into the ground. So I absolutely buy her as being this terrible Askaber. I totally buy it. But do you think it's a problem that she hasn't really gone heel, full heel yet to the point where the fans are turning on her? Hmm. No, because do you think that that's going to be a problem going forward. When she when she starts yelling out her her rants and nobody can understand what they're saying and people are cheering, that means you can do no wrong, because you have no clue what she's saying and you're backing it. So, yeah, I think she's full heel. Um, in the well, aspect she may be a heel on paper, but if she yells, "I'll slaughter your family and drink the blood of your infants" in Japanese, and people cheer it because it's in Japanese, that doesn't translate well on TV. Well, now, mean, when Jinder Mahal says it, and he says it with an accent. Well, he's also brown, so that doesn't help his place either. Either way, it, it's still, you know, her looking, you know, it doesn't really feel like she's the big bad wolf. And she should be. Well, I mean, she all her finishers are catered to her being a heel. I mean, um, she's done a rear naked choke on Bailey, which is probably the most heelish finisher that you could do out there outside of uh, Pentagon Zero's um, arm snap. So the legitimacy behind what she does is there. And everything about it, but I don't know. Maybe it's the colors and the flamboyantness. But I, as far as I'm concerned, she should be always considered a top heel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think it's, she, it's hard I for me to consider someone a heel. Gonna be a, she's always going to be a cool heel, though. Like one of those cool heels that, um, much to Jamal's point, whatever she does. Uh, people are still going to cheer her. And, I mean, we see that all the time now with people like Kevin Owens, uh, Chris Jericho when he's a heel. Like, people appreciate them too much, right, to, to boot. Right. And, honestly, I feel like in order today to be an actual legit heel that people hate, you kind of just have to be a bad wrestler. <laughs> uh, because I all agree. these people 
even remember Ricky, greatest heel uh, of the last five years. Yeah, yeah, because all these people that are supposed to be heels now are excellent in the ring, and so yeah, we're supposed to boo them. But as as wrestling fans and some of us purists, right, we appreciate them too much. Yeah, you have to respect them, and I think that's where that comes from. You know, even if even though you may hate the things that Kevin Owens says, even though you may hate the things that Chris o, Chris Jericho did, their their body of work speaks for themselves, and no matter what, you still kind of have to respect them. Versus a Lana or an Eva Marie, where it's just like, okay, I don't like you, and I don't respect you. You're wasting my time. Get out of the ring. Which is one of the reasons why Roman Reigns comes back and forth so far, so far. So let's um, transition to SummerSlam a little bit. There are 13 effing matches on this card. 13. Why three are on the pre-show. Hmm? Yeah, three on the pre-show, uh, including two championship matches, which is beyond me. I don't know why you put a championship match, let alone two of them, on the pre-show. But <laughs> one of the ones... Oh, no, 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 we're, we're, we're going to get there. Uh, one, of the, one of the things. It's just, it's just great. It's great. Yeah, we're, we're going to get there. coming. Uh, one of the things that, that is interesting um, is Jinder Mahal versus uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. And that's not necessarily interesting because it's Jinder Mahal versus Nakamura, which, by my estimation, um, has been pretty lackluster, especially considering that. Uh, this time last year, Nakamura versus Joe at NXT TakeOver was amazing. Jinder Mahal has done better with what he has than he had what he should have. But history serves that if you cash in your money in the bank, you probably walk out as a champion. Except Baron Corbin tried and <laughs> failed miserably, much like his hairline tries to cover a scalp. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, well, it's unfortunate. Um, on both counts. Why do you think uh, WWE decided to have Corbin pull a Damian Sandow? Or or John Cena. He's also failed too. Don't don't put Corbin in, in the same category as John Cena. <laughs> I, I, I don't even disrespect him that much. I, I'm going to say this and then I'm definitely going to let somebody else say something that means a little bit more than what I'm going to say. Um, right now, Baron Corbin is an automatic victim, and he has automatically been nominated for the John Cena Monster Files because there is no reason why the last person that the, the fail happened to is the person outside the ring or in, well involved in the match and legitimately laughs at you for losing it. I don't even care if you know if that's you know part of the book, you know whatever. John Cena laughing at you is an automatic feel that he has something to do with it, point blank. And LeBaron Corbin should should legitimately be mad. And go on another t- Twitter rant. Not that we can see because we're blocked. But um, oh, yeah, I can't see it. I'm blocked. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. But I don't know, dude. Seriously, when it happened, I tweeted like, what the heck just happened? I lose, and I just stopped. I just stopped caring. So I, I guess uh, if you're Baron Corbin, the rumors that I'm hearing is this was on purpose, it was by design, and this is going to lead to an angrier, more isolated, more uh, emo uh, Baron Corbin. And that's and the worst thing about his gimmick is that he's an emo biker with with like social anxiety, and I'm like who cares, dude? I really hope that I don't think that they have given up on Corbin. I really hope that they just go. Full reset. Alistair Black has been in NXT for about 25 minutes. And he's already done a better Baron Corbin than Corbin's done in three years. There's a problem there. So do you think that uh, Corbin will get a second chance or a third chance, actually, um, to, to make it above Nick Carfighter? I don't know. I think he's going to get squashed down by Cena on Sunday, too, which is going to be insult to injury, right? Given. Yeah, yeah, it's insult injury. He's forgot he got laughed at and lost his briefcase. And, you know, the point, the thing that everybody's talking about, which is the rumors, is that he's got all this heat backstage because I guess he's bad at Twitter and he blocked us, so we don't know. But um, I guess he's, you know, picking fights with 
people, and it might be kayfabe, and it might not be kayfabe. Either way, he's really bad at it. He's not Kevin Owens. Oh, so, I did hear about one thing. He um, picked a fight with a veteran. So yeah, he is and also good. like yeah, and also like I guess he picked a fight with some backstage guys from Raw. So it's it's kind of, or, or SmackDown, I guess it, it is kind of like uh, you're blurring the lines a little bit too much, buddy. And maybe you know he he is still pretty new, so maybe he's overstepping his bounds a little bit with trying to be fun on social media. And I can absolutely see him rubbing John Cena the wrong way with this and definitely laughing at him from, from the ramp. But, you know, it, at the end of the day, it does also serve a really good storytelling purpose, which is that just because you have the briefcase doesn't mean you're going to be the champion. Which, to be honest, they, they, they had to do that at some point in the next few years because the last few have been all, all champs. And it, it made a lot of sense to do it, and I think it was good to do it in this week of you know, really, really shocking go-home show. Like, that was really surprising. Uh, Tozawa winning the belt off Neville was really surprising. So both shows had moments of, holy shit, we never actually see this sort of thing. It, may, it might take, take you know, some of the wind out of the sails of SummerSlam a little bit, but at the same time, it does get you interested in watching to see what the fallout's going to be because, you know, both Corbin and Neville are going to be on these murder paths, and I'm excited to see it, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty jazzed to see what happens. And, you know, I don't... I don't I'll go on the record and say that I don't really mind Corbin that much. Like, I, I think he's got a lot of potential. I, I enjoy the fact that he doesn't give a shit about anything, and it really comes through in everything he does. Um, I just think that, you know, he might need a little bit more work, and he needs the right feud. He just does not have the right feud yet. I'd like to see him feud with Aleister Black. They could feud for the gimmick, but we, maybe we're a, little, we're a little too far away from that right now. I think he's still got, I think he's still got a future, anyway. I, I'm going to go up to them and say I like Baron Corbin. And I'm going to say that although he blocked us and although I was not able to see this on our Twitter page, um, I am very much backing him on his rant towards Meltzer uh, the other day. I am 100% with that. I thought that was some of his best Twitter work of, of, of recent. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, I mean, SummerSlam don't care about surprises at this point because, I mean, Money in the Bank is a surprise element because you don't know when it's going to happen. But, hey, you know, that's gone, and uh, the Demon Finn Balor has been announced is going to be there. So, you know, we expect that now. I, I don't know. WWE, just shake it up at this point because I have no clue, like, going into this, like, what was really the, the, the train of thoughts. If it works out, then fine. That's why I'm not a booker and I'm just sitting here at home talking about the company, but... You know, I think Baron Corbin has like the charisma of a colonoscopy, and I think if in order his gimmick is just unlikable douche, like, there's no good interest gimmick. in that. It's a good gimmick. I think it's a good like gimmick. It. Yeah. It, it could be a good gimmick, but the difference between like Kevin Owens gives you. Well, I'm speaking only for myself now, but Kevin Owens is like, I don't like him. But okay, I get it. Corbin's just like, eh, go away. Like if, if that's what it is, and you're just a miserable douche, then then why? Why would I want to pay attention to you? Just go cry in the corner some damn where. So I don't know. I, I think I hope I hope the ship is sailed, honestly, and he can go on and, and go back to Home Depot. But I just don't know what they do with them without radically changing his persona. Um it, it, I don't know, it, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes uh, this Sunday. Um, Doctor, you was going to say something there. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely. I think I, I agree with Caitlin the most in that I think Corbin is actually as close to a legitimate heel as WWE has right now, and uh, I think he has a ton of potential. Yes, he needs work, um, but I'm actually looking forward to seeing what happens with him. It seems to me that WWE is heading in the direction of what I hope is actually a, a long-running feud with John Cena, right? He, they obviously feel he wasn't ready to be WWE champ yet, but the next best thing, I would think, is to be elevated by a series of matches with John Cena. Because, you know, we can talk about Cena burying all we want, but I don't think we can argue that a feud with Cena doesn't elevate you in some way, at least um, short term, right? And I think I, I think Baron Corbin would benefit from that. And I have no doubt he's going to be WWE champ at some point. Uh, WWE just felt that it now wasn't the time. 
I, I will say one thing. Um, he is absolutely as pure as they come from the WWE machine. I mean, he was on breaking ground, did NXT, and he's on the main roster, Money in Bank, um, Andre the Giant. So he's, he's, he's done the rope. So I think he's legitimately will be a champion at some point. Um, but to your point of him being the, one of the most legitimate heels as it is, that's not because of his mic work. It's sort of because of his antics of what he does in the ring and, um, you know, during matches. But it's ultimately a result of what he does on Talking Smack, which no longer exists. And I feel like this is a he, he's suffering the most from this right now because he used the platform to put himself over and his character. And, you know, you saw some of his most hillish things come out at the point. And with the lack of that, now you do say like, well... What, what what do you make of him? I mean, obviously, Renee Young is the target there. And, you know, if with, without that interaction, that mo- the innocent Renee Young is just like, well, oh, yeah, okay. I'm not really feeling this guy's character right now. So why not resort back to Twitter and be like a douche on there and, you know, try to, you know, do what you do? And I can't see how he's getting heat from that, obviously. I think I have to agree with Jamal that there's a bigger plan here. So, well, let's hope they do something because him losing uh, the briefcase is kind of ridiculous. Uh, but considering that he lost the briefcase, do you think giving him the briefcase in the first place was a good idea? Yes, I think so. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? It could have gone to Sammy, but you know, yeah. it's better. Uh, you know, the, the, brief, the briefcase is better for a heel. It's always been better for a heel. So. Well, I guess it depends on who your champion is. Uh, you know, a face with a briefcase and versus a heel champion would be just as good, too. Um, but speaking of the Money in the Bank briefcase, there are 13 matches on uh, SummerSlam. So who's missing? And a person that will be missing is Carmella. Uh, she has the Money in the Bank briefcase, it's Money in the Bank briefcase, and we haven't really seen hot no hair of her. Does she cash in versus Natalia uh, and Naomi at SummerSlam? Uh, should she? Or um, does she just hold off until you know later on? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of big things coming up along. You do have the Women's Royal Rumble, allegedly, Survivor Series is coming up, but what do you think she should do? Well, I would just like to point out that uh, Flo Rida is also missing currently. <laughs> you just shipped it. They've already added him just now. Did they really? Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, that's why we have all, all those uh, championship pre-show matches. I figured. I figured there had to be some reason. Um, but I do think. I do think a cash-in is going to happen at SummerSlam. Uh, WWE certainly can't afford to have two failed cash-ins uh, within within the span of one week and. I mean, I, I would love to see Natty walk away with the title as much as I'm a Naomi fan. Uh, I'm just as much a fan of Natty. Uh, but, and I think the fans, that New York crowd will probably be behind Natty on Sunday. So what better way to further Carmella's heel momentum than to have her steal, steal Natty's spotlight? Yeah, I think that, that would, that's what I'm thinking also. Uh, Natalia beats. Naomi, Carmella cashes in and walks away as a champion. I, I don't mind that at all. I'm sorry. I just, I just had to tweet Flo Rider and ask him where was he at this weekend. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Priority. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's very interesting. I didn't even realize Carmella wasn't even on. Um, but, yeah, Natty, I think the ship has ultimately very much sailed for her. Um, talk about charisma. But... Uh, yeah, maybe Natty, uh, you know, ultimately, if anybody was going to cash in and it goes wrong, I thought this was going to be it. And I thought that maybe Carmella tries to cash in. James Ellsworth messes up, ultimately gets fired. I've been hearing rumors that his contract is up at the SummerSlam. And, um, yeah, um, uh, Naomi carries on the championship for a while. But, uh, you know, I, I... it's still a possibility, but I think it would be crazy if that both money in the bank winners ultimately fail. And that, that would be, and that's not only just that the first one 
to fail. The first woman uh, Money Bank uh, winner to fail too will be kind of monumental as well. So, you know, we'll see. But yeah, I expect her to be involved with that match to some to some magnitude. Yeah, I mean, I don't care at all about this match. This is going to be the match where I open my second bottle of wine and you know just not even care. Maybe I'll pay attention if Carmella shows up, but I could totally see her losing to Naomi and. Oh God! Sorry, ladies. I can't. The three of you. No, I just can't. I'm sorry. I think it will be interesting to know where this match goes in the card. Um, it's a yeah. Um, you know, it's a four-hour-long show, and that included the pre-show. So if they could sneak this in at the end of the first hour, top of the second hour, then at least that way you can go and you know, get your bathroom break in and then buckle down for the rest of the uh, rest of the program. But yeah, if this is a thing where you have like Balor versus Bray and you have Cena versus Corbin and then this match, it's kind of like, well, uh, I guess. I guess. Um, and, uh, well, I mean, I really, honestly, I really don't care about this SummerSlam. <laughs> Wait, this, this is not the right moment for that. You don't Calm get, the, you don't get uh-huh. the not care until we are in Do We Care. The company, okay? I'm, I'm, running, I'm the captain of this ship today. <laughs> so I, I really don't care about SummerSlam, and it's unfortunate because it's so long and it's so bloated, and it's just filler. Uh, it really feels like a two-hour-long Raw and a two-hour-long SmackDown mashed into one seven-hour with a two-hour-long pre-show. And it's really unfortunate that um, SummerSlam just doesn't really feel special anymore. It feels like not WrestleMania. It feels like an endurance test. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, the show is going to go from five to at least eleven Eastern. So yeah, that's an endurance test. I mean, that's that's kind of crazy. I will say so, that I I'm looking forward to the Fatal Four Way though. Um, yes. I, I am actually excited for that match. I think WWE has done uh, a fairly good job building that that match. I. I legitimately don't know who's going to win it. Uh, I, we usually can predict um, WWE quite easily all the time, but uh, I, I have no idea who's going to win that match, and I, I think it's great that I don't have an idea. I can tell you what match I don't care about. The, show, uh, the match that has a big in front of both people's names, big cast and big show. Um, I can care what happens there, period. The, the whole stadium can explode for, for all I care when that match happens. Wow. So. Whoa. Well, this um, strong, strong feelings. Yeah. So, uh, oh, and Enzo's in the shark cage, by the way. We're not going to just let that slide. Why is that happening are. again? We're totally letting that slide. They're trying to sell more of those toys. I, if you know, right. I'd be, I'd, I'd, <laughs> you, you are right about that. Um, so basically, yeah, um, yeah, why not just make this, um, why not just make Sharknado 5 happen right here and just anything that might bring a little bit more fun. Uh, I, well, yeah, I'm I, sorry I'm to actually, those off with SummerSlam talk, honestly. I <laughs> want to put in my, t- I'm going to put my two cents though, because I really want to see, Please. uh, Amber Rollins fight Cesaro and Sheamus. That's going to be my match of the night, because, you know, I, I just, maybe I want to see them make it out. Might happen. Maybe it's <laughs> in my dreams. No, so, it's not going to happen. So oh, that's for the Tumblr fangirls, is that match. And I, I'm, you know, I'm excited to see it because, you know, Seth and Dean have good chemistry working together, Cesaro and Sheamus are, great together now it took a while but they're actually very good so that's the one i'm looking forward to and also neville coming out in a murderous rage on the pre-show probably <laughs> it'll still be good so those are the two two for me yeah i think the only match uh luckily it's on the pre-show so i can see that without subscribing to the network uh but yeah Tazawa versus neville uh looks very interesting um Honestly, I only really want to see Braun Strowman win. And if Strowman's not going to win, and I don't think he has a chance in hell of winning, um, then, eh, it's whatever. Um, Reigns is already a 17-time champion. Um, Samoa Joe, they don't, I don't think he's ready yet. And Lesnar's about to leave anyway, but not quite yet. So I don't think Lesnar's ready to leave. Reigns has had the belt, you know, a lot of times they're not, they don't have enough faith in Joe and Strowman, so I really don't care. Um, 
And then there's nothing really else. I mean, on paper, if somebody would have said AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens, I would be like, yeah, okay, give me that. Uh, uh, oh, apparently Shane McMahon is a special guest referee. Sure. So we, we kind of know where that's going to go down the line between Owens, presumably Owens, and uh, probably Shane McMahon and Royal Rumble, which is already sold out, uh, by the way. So I don't know. I, it just seems to be a lot of a lot of fluff. So hopefully SummerSlam, you know what, SummerSlam could put me absolutely dead wrong and it'd be awesome. Um, no, no, that's fine. One other th- one thing that um, that, I, that I just saw that just came across the newswire. Yes, there is a wrestling newswire. Roman Reigns gave a little bit of insight into his infamous day after WrestleMania Raw promo. Arguably the best promo he's ever cut. Oh, when he only said one thing? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll give him credit if he said if it's true. And of course, you know, who knows if it's true or not. But Roman Reigns, he said that he absolutely knew that it was going to be this way. He they gave him um, as many as long as he wanted to spend out there. Um, if he wanted to stay out there 15 minutes and just have be booed for 15 minutes, then that's what it was going to be. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Why is Roman Reigns not heel yet? Like an official overt heel yet. We're ready to boo him, like officially. Why do you, why do you think Roman Reigns isn't a heel yet? Man, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, what? <laughs> There's no logical reason why he's not a heel yet and why he hasn't been a heel for at least a year now. No logical reason. The yeah. reason is Vince. It's just Vince is being stubborn. I don't know. It's like, he's not, I don't, is he moving a lot of merch? Do we have numbers on that? Like, is he selling, he must be selling a lot of shirts or something. Like, I don't, I don't understand. But. I, I think he does move a lot of merch. Um, I think, that kids, kids love him. Kids love Roman. Kids and um, and um, soccer moms love him, mm-hmm. and you know that, that that's fine. But heels can sell merch too. I wish Braun Strowman had more merch. I wish Jinder Mahal had more merch than the one or two shirts they have now. But um, Kevin Owens uh, has a bunch of stuff out there. So, but you know they're trying to make him into the next Cena. Good luck with that. But. Just turn him already, and then we'll cheer him when it, when we're ready. But um, so, so by the way, I mean he's a heel, and we're gonna boo him. And I do not buy that he knew that was gonna happen because um, no, I think he's very optimistic, and I know he wants people to like him. I really know he does, and he's not ever gonna get that until he rejoins the Shield. So maybe that will happen or something this weekend. Who knows? To some magnitude, or who knows? But yeah, point blank. Yeah. Um, so if, unless there's any other business, uh, we could move on to do we care. Um, no, I just want one quick thing. Just, you okay. know, we talked, we talked about seven hours worth of, uh, WWE wondering just, uh, outside of, because obviously all of us are eyes outside of WWE at most times too. Who's, who's on, who's on, who's on everybody's radar this week? Who, who's, who's making some noise and, uh, you know, who's of interest this week? Uh, Fred Yeah, Keith Lee. Mm. Mm, I have I have three for best non-signed wrestler right now. Uh, number one, my boy, my favorite wrestler of all time, Dalton Castle. Everyone watches matches. Look him up on YouTube. He's the greatest thing that's ever happened to professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. I hope he never goes to WWE though. Don't tell anybody. Shh. Never just stay I, actually, I actually agree with that. Never, never go. I love you. Stay in ROH. Uh, my other two, uh, Jimmy Havoc. Fucking awesome! Can tell an amazing story. That man, like, start watching his stuff in progress. He's great. And third one, Jeff Cobb, because Jeff Cobb can throw grown men around like they're a small sack of potatoes, and it is unbelievable to watch what he does. So, if there is any truth to the rumor that Lucha Underground is done, maybe we're going to see some more of Jeff Cobb and other things, which would be a great benefit for all of us, to be honest. I um, I love Jeff Cobb. Hmm. Um, where, where do we see him? Do we see him in Chicago? Yeah. Um, at Evolve? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, Jeff Robert is very impressive. But um, you know, here this weekend, uh, we have Fred Yeha in a match. We have Keith Lee in a match. Uh, Veda Scott's going to be in. Uh, hopefully, we can uh, you know, wrestle somebody down and, and get them on the uh, pre-show. Hopefully, Faye Jackson, she's going to be in town. Um, so I can't wait to talk to all of those people. Um, from the Progress Show, um, I've never seen in my life the Tower of Doom with with a stalling vertical suplex. Keith Lee picked up Mark Andrews, who had suplexed um, and another person suplexed. And I want to say it was Austin Theory. And I've never seen that done before. And then, you know, dropped them both. So I cannot wait to see uh, Keith Lee again um, this week. And it, yeah, he's he's amazing. Like, just flat out amazing. Um, I'm, I'm, and, and Walter, yeah, Walter was is insane. Like when uh, when he came out for the progress show, I never heard of him, but yeah, Walter is amazing. So I'm going to be looking him up this weekend too. I'm gonna have to go with me and Yim and Jay or 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 Jade, as you may know her as. Um, first of all, her her interactions on uh, Twitter with um, Shelton Benjamin is very peculiar and. Um, I'm liking it, but we get her next. We get her next month in Oprah, Pro, so hopefully we get to talk to her. But um, how can you not? How can you just not like um, someone such as her? I mean, she uh, she takes the um, what's the word I'm looking for? She, I, I think she uses her platform correctly, and she takes the chances in saying things that you know more. Uh, I'm not gonna say normal, but regular people probably wouldn't just come out and say. But you know, she she's she's ver- very 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 aware of her surroundings and um she's just taking a stance to things she believe in obviously she's uh um been very open about her um her uh her abuse uh, her abuse history and beside beyond that i mean her the platform of her being in the main young classes she's used it and it, it really brought a light to people who may not have known her i mean obviously she's been a lot of time in tna which i'm not sure if that helps or serves for anything because that doesn't exist actually <laughs> Um, but or what is TNA actually? Um, but yeah, I just as a as as a uh, fan of her as a wrestler, always appreciated her, always appreciated her gimmick, her character, everything. But as a person, like legitimately, like feels like like that, like sort of like a bond. Like I really can relate, um, or you know, I can really feel where she comes from with a lot of things she say. So. Uh, I like I like Miriam also. She's um, she's not from here, but she's definitely spent a lot of her time in Maryland Championship Wrestling. So uh, I've been seeing her work for the better part of a decade. Um, so yeah, I, I hope to, to see her next week, uh, next month, at the Nova Project in September. So uh, let's move on. Uh, do we care? It's a lot this week because there's so much stuff I don't care about. Um, we have a global force wrestling star who announced and uh and run in spoken word form uh that he's leaving global force wrestling do we care who that is no i kind of do actually you gotta break the tie yeah i care damn it uh so the pope um, <laughs> uh, he'll be here next week he, uh, Elijah Burke, um, he wrote uh, a lovely poem to announce that he is leaving uh, Global Force Wrestling. Uh, go read it on his Instagram. I'm not going to embarrass myself here, but um, that is a thing that's happening. And you know what? Uh, good for him. Um, hopefully he can return to the Baltimore Championship Wrestling back to Baltimore. Um, you know, he needs to do that. Uh, still, with it, Global it, Force. He'll be there next, next, uh, he'll be there next week. Facing uh, TJ Sykes for the championship. So, is that next week? Yes, it is. Oh, oops. Uh, is this is this still in a strip club in West Baltimore? Um, next. Next is no, but next. <laughs> I'm gonna take this. Um, because I just don't care about Global Force. Um, there's there's a guy that's pulling a uh, Marshawn Lynch in Global Force wrestling. Actually, he's pulling a Colin Kaepernick. 
No, he, Kaepernick wants a job. He can't get one. This guy has a job, and he won't work. So, <laughs> yeah. do we care about why this is? Not at all. No, if it's global force, I don't care. Okay. So, um, so that's a thing. Uh, Samoa Joe did an interview with the New York Post because of this upcoming weekend in New York. Um, and he talked about his jobs before getting into wrestling. Do we care about what those were? I read that article before this podcast, and I do care because it's great. Okay. Fair enough. So uh, he was asked, uh, was mortgage broker really your last job before becoming a wrestler, or was it something else in between? And he says, and I quote, there were tons of things. Obviously, I worked for my family's Polynesian dance troupe because, sure, Joe, that's a thing that I need to see now. Uh, for my entire life, up until I started wrestling full-time, uh, he was a mortgage broker, bouncer, party rental, warehouse manager, and he did all those things to keep the rent, uh, rent paid. I would hate to be the guy that didn't return the helium tank and had to return him to Jusmore Joe at Party City. He's going to break your legs if you don't bring that damn tank back. But I thought it was interesting. I need to see uh, Samoa Joe as a Polynesian dance uh, troupe. Um, Jim Cornette is making news because apparently he's going back to work uh, backstage. Do we care? Obviously, the whole internet cares. <laughs> that's, all uh, been, that's all I've been looking down and seeing. Yeah, I don't generally care about Jim Cornette, but um, if you guys don't, I definitely don't as well. Um, the last thing is um, Daniel Bryan, um, Bree uh, Danielson, I guess, you know, that's what her name is now. Uh, she has said that Daniel is looking to come back to wrestling. Um, and, but he's taking some weird, you know, ways to get there. Do we care? Uh, yeah. I'm rooting for the guy. I want to see him back in the ring. Yeah, he definitely has a daughter now, so no, I, I don't. Um, he's had, um, on the record, 10 concussions. So before he goes full-on Jim McMahon and is in a wheelchair by 52, I think he should you know, enjoy what quality of life he has while he can. Um, but as far as his uh, comeback schemes, it's um, he's doing this like oxygenation uh, hyperbaric chamber thing. It sounds like something out of Dragon Ball Z, but um, apparently he's being infused with like fresh oxygen, and that's is showing to show uh, uh, some stimulus and growth in his brain, uh, you know, and arguably is doing some work in, in slowing down the concussion effects. So, if it works, great. I'm not saying that I don't want to see him in a ring. Selfishly, yes, do it tomorrow. But realistically. I do think that WWE and all the doctors that they have are not just an abundance of caution because if he goes back in the ring and gets laid out for the last time, that's a lawsuit. And I think that if the risk is too great and WWE doesn't want to pull the trigger, it's probably for a good reason. So I would rather see him play it safe and play it smart than go out there again. But I guess the last question is, and uh, this is not a part that we care. If Grand Bryan does come back, where should he go? Global Force, obviously. That's what he wants to do. No, <laughs> I think it'd be fun. To, he'd be fun in New Japan. I'd be worried about, you know, New Japan is pretty stiff, and I don't know how well he'd work there because he's he could take pretty big risks. But yeah, it'd be, it'd be fun to see him there. It'd be fun to see him back in ROH. Selfishly, I love ROH, so it'd be cool to see Brian Danielson come back. But, uh, I, I definitely do not want to see him take a kick from Shibata, who who also no. just returned. So maybe <laughs> Japan may not be the place to go right now. I um, think that it actually should be the place to go because they do have an American division that hasn't really done uh, anything. Good point. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it would be interesting to see. Maybe it's not as stiff as Japan. Maybe they just get the presentation down, but they work in American style. Uh, not sure how it works out, but yeah, that's something that they need to get off the ground. And what better way to do it than have Daniel Bryan versus Kenny Omega? Just saying. Oh, man. So that was the we care for this week. Um, it's 
tomorrow, uh, 24 hours from now, uh, two James and I will be at the Annandale Volunteer Fire Department, 7128 Columbia Pike in Annandale, Virginia. It's Nova Pros. Okay, it's Nova Pros, cool for the summer. And I can't wait to see Keith Lee versus Angelus Lane. I can't wait to see Logan Easton LaRoe because he's always awesome. Um, Fred Yeha is going to be there. John Kerman's going to be there. Faye Jackson, the sandwich squad, Chet Sterling, he's different. Uh, Sanjay Dutt is always an awesome guy. Aveda Scott, tickets are on sale now. Go get them while you can. Let's not forget Chuck Taylor will be there. Chuck Taylor will be there. Do not rub his head for good luck. But um, it was. it's going to be a great show. They, they always put on a great show. Hopefully we can, uh, you know, catch up with Mike and see how well he's doing. You know, it's uh, – they, they, they set the man on fire. I mean, you know, for him to come to work and not file a workers' comp claim is pretty impressive to me. <laughs> so Cool for the Summer is happening tomorrow night. Uh, go get your indie wrestling in. Support indie wrestling. It will support you. And for the Big Old Belt Wrestling Podcast, I'm Jamal. You can catch me on Twitter at the Giant Crab. Uh, Dr. M, have a good night. Caitlin, two chains. We'll see you all next week with a recap of No Pro, a recap of SummerSlam, and all that there was. Until then, for episode 168, yeah, till next Thursday. Hey, everybody. Yep. <laughs>